Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. treat Meredith differently than you treat me and everyone else. What about all the shit I've been through? Jen, I can't go back where you and Shut I the f*** up! It's just as bad as what Miriam caused me and your f***ing friends for 10 years has done to you! Shut the f*** out of me now! I can't talk to your friend like this! Talk to your friend like this! Come on, come on, you wanna go? Woo! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real Houses of Salt Lake City. We're back on that stripper bus with Kevin, the driver, who's seen it all. That man has been through enough, and now he's back on that stripper bus driving our gals to some other vacation spot where they're all feuding in the back. And I don't know if you heard that truck noise where the truck beeping, that's how the episode ended with the to be continued. Did that not remind anyone else of the movie Final Destination? I think it was part two. Where Remember the movie opens where they're all on the freeway and there's this truck with a bunch of tree logs in the back and then the tree logs fall out and then kill a bunch of people on the highway. That's what I felt like we were going into because it was so intense. Then the ending little shot of that truck, I was thinking, are we going to go into a Final Destination film? Because that's the kind of emotion I was feeling inside as I was watching them all on the stripper bus. And I don't want them ever to get off that fucking bus. Leave them on that bus like we're in the movie Speed because... I need them. That's where all the drama is happening, all the excitement, all the stuff is going on with Kevin the driver wheeling them around town. At this point, let's turn the show into a road rules and just have the women cross the country in that bus with Kevin the fucking driver because that's where it's all at. The action is happening on that stripper bus. So I'm uh, loving it. Although I was a little bamboozled by Bravo which who among us hasn't been bamboozled by Bravo? That should be their new tagline because they ended, they teased that whole fight on the bus with the Jen and Lisa. And then they give us maybe 10 seconds of the fight. And I was, they gave us everything from the fight that we saw in the preview from last week. And so I was a little bit pissed at Bravo. I know they do. They got to do it. They got to keep us hooked on hook, line and sinker. They got to keep us coming back for each week. So I understand uh, logistically and business wise why they got to do it. However, I am pissed because I was looking forward to that whole bus ride. And then we got maybe 10 seconds of Jen Shah. I mean, we're going to break that all down. We're going to break that all down. We got a lot of Salt Lake City stuff to talk about. I'm very in a good mood this week. You know, I had a rough holiday. I told you on the show last week, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like back to myself again. Happy, excited. The new Scream is out this week, which I'm very excited about. I love the Scream franchise. So I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to see it, but I'm very excited about that. Uh, I am a little disappointed in our Real Houses of Salt Lake City Gales because Mary Cosby did not show up to the reunion. Now, I told you on the last episode of the show, I think next season, there's no way they could really bring her back full time, Mary Cosby. However, I do, and I still sort of do feel like they might bring her back in like a limited capacity role just to wrap up all that stuff because she's such a large part of the storylines this season. 
And a lot of people are saying, well, if you skip the reunion, Bravo normally fires you, right? In the history of Housewives, Adrian Malouf, who didn't show up to the reunion, she was fired the next season. Lisa Vanderpump didn't show up to the reunion, was gone next season. Uh, the only time I believe in history that it's happened where somebody didn't show up to the reunion and they were on the next season was Jacqueline Larita on The Real Houses in New Jersey. But that reunion that she didn't show up to happened in the midst of the filming of the next season, right? So there's a lot of Housewives lore out there. And a lot of people are saying there's no way Mary Cosby can come back. But I do believe that maybe they'll bring her back for a couple scenes, maybe. And at first I was worried. I thought, oh, she didn't show up to the reunion. What are we going to do? And then I said, you know, it got to turn around, Danny. Got to get optimistic because I know that we'll get through this. Well, I know that I'm in a share mood today. When am I not in a share mood? But I've been listening to Believe all morning, so I had to put that on the sideboard. And I know that we'll get through the hills. And I know that we will get through the hills. Because uh, we've been through so much with the gals, and I know that Salt Lake City has some unhinged people that we haven't even tapped into yet, right? We've only been there for two seasons. So I'm sure lurking around one of the snowy mountaintops is a crazy cult leader that's going to give us some good TV. Because we're in Salt Lake City, Utah, and that's a compliment. I'm sure somebody maybe works at the Beauty Lab and Laser or or in one of those other shops at the Beauty Lab and Laser parking lot. Like, that's what I would like to see next season of The Real House of Salt Lake City, season three. Open on Heather Gay walking over to one of those other shops in the strip mall where Beauty Lab and Laser is. And she walks into a new shop and we see some new woman who's running some other, I don't know, place in that strip mall. What do they have there? A nail salon or something? Hair salon something? And all of a sudden, they're our new housewife. And then Heather sits down with them and is like, can you believe what happened in our parking lot last year? You know, And that's how we introduce a new woman. And so I know that we're going to get through the hills, and uh, we're going to find someone good next season. Although I will miss Mary Cosby in that closet of hers, and I'm curious to see what happens with that closet. They introduce that storyline. We better get some closure there. I need to know about that person who came and uh, helped her with the hoarding. Because they introduced that, I need to see the after of the closet. That's the main thing I'm concerned about. I know there's a lot of loose ends with the cult situation and the money stuff with the church, but I'm most concerned about what happened with that organizing of the closet. Remember that woman came in there and said, Mary, you're hoarding. And she said she's going to help her clean it up. So I better see an after, because if there's one thing I've learned from watching HGTV, the episodes are only as good as the after photo, right? I got to see how the house ended up. Got to see the construction, the design, all of it. So, bravo, I'm just telling you, better show it to us. And then uh, I am a little upset with Mary. I've always loved Mary on the show, but I'm a little upset that she didn't show up. And unclear as to why, I'm sure they'll explain it. Or maybe there's some more stuff that comes out at the end of the season that we haven't even gotten to yet that made it impossible for Mary to go to the arena. I don't know. Uh, But we're going to have to see. And I don't love when a housewife... I need... I know that Bravo, from what I hear, Bravo holds on to some of their money. I don't know that this is true. This is also just rumor. But allegedly, Bravo like holds on to part of their season-long paycheck, and they only get that after the reunion is completed. But maybe we need to start holding on to the full enchilada. Maybe we need to hold on to this full paycheck, because I don't like when the women don't show up to the reunion. Because I need to see them reunite in a ball gown. And go through everything that happened on the season. It's an insane practice that somehow has become normalized in television. I think I've said this on the show before, but imagine. Imagine taking a time machine, going back to 1985, 
and showing some people in 1985 a present-day Housewives reunion. They'd be like, what the fuck is this? Because it was not a normal thing that was happening on TV. In the mid-80s, right, you'd see, I don't know, fucking family ties and growing pains on TV, get some sitcom work. There wasn't even really reality TV at that time. So imagine just going back and showing people uh, who were, I don't know, in their 20s, 30s, 40s at that time, a Housewives reunion, they'd be like, what the fuck is this TV show where these women did a whole episode, a whole season of TV, and now they're reuniting with a man named Andy Cohen in full ball gowns on a full set uh, with decor and uh, winter decor for the, in the case of the Salt Lake City Housewives. And they're just talking about their relationships with each other in full glam at ball gowns. It's insane. And I love it. But I mean, just imagine people would be like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? But so I'm hoping that maybe we going forward, we hold all of their paychecks, the whole thing, need them all there. I don't want them to legally be able to get out of the reunion at all. I need them just there sitting down in their ball gowns and their jewels. And I need them talking through it. And by ball gowns, I mean, I'm happy if the women show up in a Team Jill bedazzled t-shirt the way that Jill Zarin did at the Real Houses of New York City for a season reunion. You know, whatever they show up in is fine. And quite frankly, I wouldn't mind if one of the housewives did a little throwback. That's what, if you wanted to stand out as a housewife, I'm telling you, any housewives who are listening to this podcast, if you want to stand out in the next reunion, show up in not a ball gown, right? Like, just let's see just jeans and a t-shirt. Wouldn't that be so crazy? We would all be talking about it. We would talk about it like crazy. We'd be like, how did that person just show up in jeans and a t-shirt? Or a Team Jill shirt. God, I love that. Hashtag Team Jill t-shirt. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, okay, so what's going on in the Real House of Salt Lake City? We open on a little montage of all the women. We see Jenny and the daughter. The daughter says she almost burnt down the house. And she said she was cooking. She almost burnt down the house. Because Jenny's going away, and uh, the daughter wants to know how to make mac and cheese. And, and the daughter, you know who I think is a star, but maybe we don't need her doing a cooking show. I think that was one of my suggestions previously. But now, learning that the daughter almost burnt down the whole house. Maybe we uh, we nix that idea. Uh, then we see Meredith and Brooks. They're getting Meredith Brooks. I can't help but say Meredith Brooks. I'm a bitch. I'm a lo- I should have put that on the soundboard. We got this instead. Well, I know that I'll get through the hills. I remember when that song came out, Believe. My mom was like obsessed with it, but not in a good way. It was like my mom couldn't stop singing it. Like Linda Pellegrino would walk around and you would just, it would be coming out of her mouth because that song is such an earworm. So she'd be literally everywhere. And it got to the point where she didn't even know that she was singing. So she'd be in line at the grocery store and she'd just be like, you know that I'll get through the hills. (laughs) Do you believe in life after love? She'd be saying that as she was getting like the body of Christ at church, you know, it was just coming out of her mouth whenever. Because you can't help but that song, it just gets stuck in your head. And I'm sorry to do it to all of you. But if it's in my head, it's got to be in your head now. So I'm sorry, and you're welcome. Uh, anyway, Meredith Brooks is at the rooftop uh, planning for Seth's birthday party. I think, it, what did they say? It says 49th or something? It wasn't a round number, I know that. Then we see Mary with her cousin, Big Joe, and they were looking at their plates. They have some don't-touch-it plates, which that was one of the most relatable things about Mary. I mean, who among us doesn't have plates that you're not allowed to touch? I mean, we have a set that we just moved and I'm like, why do we even have this set of plates if no one's using them? So we started using them. And they're not even that nice because we came from a shitty apartment. You know, it's not like they're wedding plates or anything like that. But, I mean, everyone has that set that you save for when royalty comes over. I think that was an episode of Friends, too. Remember when they, 
on Thanksgiving, they wanted to put out Monica's plates, and then one of them got ruined, so that was a lesson to us all. And so Mary's not going to suffer fools wisely. She's seen that episode of Friends. She knows not to touch those plates, I believe. Uh, then we see uh, the men. They're golfing. They want what Real Houses of New Jersey has. John and Dewey and Justin and Seth. And I'm not getting a lot of like television energy from them. I hate to be mean. I'm not even getting radio energy out of them, quite frankly. I'm getting like, stay away from the limelight energy out of those men. I mean, they're, uh, they all seem like lovely human beings, but none of them have such dynamic personalities that they should be leading scenes on a television network. Okay. It's hard to get on TV. And now I'm watching these men and the women are all uh, the housewives of Real Houses of Salt Lake City. I think so dynamic, telegenic. Beautiful, stunning, uh, great personalities made for television, all of them. But when I see these men, I think they're not. And so I'm not sure why we're having them lead scenes on a hit TV show. It just seems misplaced, and and I know what they're trying to do. I get it. And The Real House in New Jersey, you know, I'm not even a huge big fan of how they do that. But Joe Gorga, I do believe, is made for television, right? I'm not sure about the rest of them. I like looking at Evan on The Real House of New Jersey. I think Frank Sr.'s, I guess, sort of fun sometimes. Even him, like, I'm not sure we need Frank Sr. We got Mickey Rourke. We don't need Frank Sr. You know, they cancel each other out at this point. So I'm not even sure if I love seeing it on New Jersey, but I at least feel like they're a little bit more telegenic than the Salt Lake. But maybe I got to get used to these men. I mean, and I'm warming up to Seth. He's insane, but I am every week. I think, am I liking Seth? And everything he says is sort of inappropriate and not funny. And and yet still, after the scene, I think, I kind of like Seth. I think it's the Ohio thing. We've talked about that he's from Ohio or lived in Ohio or something. And maybe that's just why I have a, a thing for him. But the other ones, Dewey, we know how I feel about Dewey. Ugh. Hate that man. Hate that man. Dewey. And then what's the other one? John? Which one's John? I can't even think of his... Who's that? Who is that one? John? I wrote a man. Justin is Whitney's husband. Who's John? Why can't I even think of who John is? Who's the other? It's not Coach Sharif. Who's the other housewife? That's John. Oh, it's Lisa's husband. I couldn't even remember him. See? I mean, and he seems fine. I did see this photo of Lisa and John where they do look like they're from an NBC network sitcom or, or network hour long drama where it's like this really intense photo of them walking. You got to look it up. She posted on social media. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm not loving their golfing and it was really, uh, they were really trying to give us a new interesting reason of like how we're getting to the next vacation. And so they had the men set it up. And again, it was just, it didn't work for me because they're not great actors either. And here they were called upon by Bravo to do quite a bit of heavy lifting, quite a bit of heavy lifting. And it's like those men, I don't even think they've so much have uh, stepped foot in an improv class before in their, in their lives. Although I do believe Seth has shown up for like a second city intro class before. I mean, I do believe Seth at some point he's signed up for an intro to improv class for sure. Um, but for the most part, I don't think they've really taken in classes or anything. And now here comes Bravo saying, set up the cast trip and we're going to have you guys do this bet. And there's no way they came up with that on their own. It was like Bravo producers were like, Hey guys, we need you to set up this cast trip and we'd like it if you did a bet on the golf course, which is all very convoluted. And, uh, it's just asking a lot of these men who have normal jobs and, uh, careers and lives 
that I'm not sure they're going to be very good at this. So maybe going forward, we could just cool it with them. Anyway, uh, I can't tell what the weather here is. And, you know, I feel very confused about Salt Lake City weather in general. Like, I don't quite get it. And a lot of you have reached out to me in the DMs and said, Danny, it's sort of snowy, it's cold, but warm. And I just don't understand it. I And I never will until I go there myself. And I'm going to have to make a pilgrimage there at some point. But... Uh, oh, also the way that these men set it up on the golf course. We got to talk about this for at least 17 minutes. Um, so Justin says, Hey guys, do you get your Mother's Day gifts? Let's just let that sit for a second. He said, Hey guys, you get your Mother's Day gifts. So I don't believe that straight men talk. I mean, straight men are very simple creatures. They're very simple beings, and God bless them for that, because they are going to the golf course, and they're not talking about the Mother's Day gifts they're getting their wives. I hate to break it to you ladies, but they're not talking about the Mother's Day gifts they're getting you. And quite frankly, they're not even thinking about those Mother's Day gifts until the morning of. They maybe all run to the gas station and get you a mug. That's about it. And honestly, the Mother's Day is for the kids anyway, so the the husbands shouldn't have to get you something. They should celebrate you all year long. But the important thing on Mother's Day to believe, I believe, is that the kids get you something. And then the men should be getting you gifts on all the other days. All the other days. I do believe that. Uh, however, the men aren't on a golf course talking about getting a Mother's Day gift. So that was producers stepping in. And then now they have to introduce, like, Okay, whoever we're going to send the wives away for Mother's Day on this cast trip, and then whoever loses is going to do it. And then Sharif's also involved, even though he's not here, which was convoluted. I don't know. They just want to have fun and drink and stuff. Like, straight guys, they just want to, that's all they want to do. And so asking him to do all this stuff, I even feel bad for them. I was like, can we not ask them to do all this? Then we cut to Heather and Jen. They're going to a spa, beautiful spa. This place looks so nice. And I was like, I want to live there. And Heather was wearing this snake jacket, a, a jacket with like a snake on the back, I think. I really like that. And Heather says in her confessional, she says, when her mom's friends had trouble, she said her mom would bring them a casserole like Vicki Gunvalson always wants or go help them clean their house. But Heather does a spa, and I like that. I think a spa is a great idea. And I would love nothing more than to go to the spa because the cinematography in this spa was beautiful. It was like we were seeing the mountaintops. Again, I didn't understand the weather because even at Seth's party, I was like, some of them are wearing like fur jackets and then they're swimming. And I didn't, uh, I didn't get it. But they talk about Meredith and how she defended Jen last week. But yet, Jen's not invited to Seth's birthday party. So Jen says that Meredith is, and I quote, uh, she says, Meredith is an evil-ass bitch whose membership to Facetune ran out. And I don't, I, does anyone understand that? Did I, like, what was that? And she said it as if it was like some big gag or big joke or something. <laughs> like she didn't... <laughs> She didn't laugh after saying it, but she did have this sort of air about it, like, oh, she just said something really good. And I'm just going to read it again. Maybe I'm missing something, but she said, Meredith is an evil-ass bitch whose membership to Facetune ran out. So what is that? Membership to, is she calling her face ugly? Like, and Meredith's not ugly, so it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand it. Uh, But she did, she did feel good about it. Heather tells Jen about Mary saying that Mary said on their previous cast trip that Jen messed with her and now she's in jail or messed with the church and now she's in jail. And so now they're questioning Mary's involvement and sending Jesus after Jen. And then they talk about how it's so weird that Mary and Jen weren't on the bus 
And how did the feds know that she was at Beauty Lab and Laser? Now, I do believe that the feds, the FBI and Homeland Security, would have an idea that they were at Beauty Lab and Laser's parking lot for filming a public TV show. I don't think that's information that's super hard to get. And now that we're pinning it all on Meredith and Mary, I'm just feeling like we're we're reaching here. And previously, I thought maybe they were in cahoots with the FBI and Homeland Security, but now I feel like we're reaching. But I like that they're doing, and they're acting like they're acting like Homeland Security is like the paparazzi or something. It's like, oh, how did paparazzi know you were at Beauty Lab and Laser? We're not acting like it was Homeland Security, and maybe we should start acting like it was Homeland Security. Because that's a very different thing. They should know where everyone is. Homeland Security's probably got eyes on me. I'm not sure who's watching me, uh, but I'm sure that they're watching. Maybe they gave up watching me, right? They probably just were watching me record this podcast and sing share, and they're like, let's get out of here. <laughs> well, I know that the FBI's tired of watching me on the Alexas and the robots. I do believe that all these of these robots, though, you know how I feel about the robots in the house, the Alexas, the I can't even say their names. They're going to hear me. The robots, the series, they're all going to get, they're all onto us. I feel like Noella in, in the Real House of Orange County member, she had to whisper, the robots are onto us. I'd like to whisper. They are onto us, though. And so I do believe that the FBI is watching, but we're all going to get through the hills. And, uh, but they're acting like it was paparazzi and not Homeland Security. So then, okay, we cut to Seth and Meredith at Seth's birthday party, you guys. Oh my God. Should we take a, well, let's take a break here. And then we got to talk about that elevator scene. That elevator scene was truly shocking to my eyes, my ears, my everything. Every crevice of my body clenched up. My butthole just clenched right up. It was like watching them on that elevator. Oh, we're going to talk about it after the break. I want to thank ACAST for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to ACAST.com. Uh, go to everythingiconic.store for merch. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast and find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. We will be right back to talk about that elevator scene. Whew. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back, little girls. Little girl. Okay, so Seth has this birthday party for his 49th birthday. And as Seth and Meredith are going to this rooftop party, he says to Meredith in the elevator, I'm going to treat you like my second wife all night. I'm such a lucky man. And Seth's been overdoing it all season with the love to Meredith. And I'm glad they're in love because last season they seemed to hate each other. Uh, they were on the way to divorce, and now they're getting along, so I'm really liking that. But the cinematography of the two of them kissing on the elevator with the fish lens camera was too much for my eyes. I mean, the way that they were shooting that moment, it was like we were on the... And I think Seth is like, can we stop the elevator? And like, let's just fuck here. And I wanted to say no, because there's camera people on the elevator. They're the ones shooting the scene, Seth. You're not only on the elevator alone with your wife. Which even then, I don't want to know about. I'm glad if you're fucking on an elevator. But there's other people that got to get up and down. No one wants to walk the stairs these days. We've all been through enough. So let the elevator go. I mean, honestly, like, go fuck somewhere else. Anyone out there, if you're thinking about having sex on an elevator. I mean, either do it while it's in transit or get another room. I'm happy if you can do a quickie. I'm fine. If I get on an elevator and people are having sex, God bless. Good luck to you. I'm not interested in looking at her. I'm fine. You know, just do it as long as I can get to my floor. But the fact that Seth was like, oh, I'm going to stop this elevator. I was thinking there's people on floor three that need to get floor seven. And they don't want to have to stop so you and Meredith can fuck on camera. I mean, enough. Speaking of fucking on camera, did you guys see the trailer for that new Hulu show, Pam and Tommy? Oh, you guys, watch the trailer. It looks so good. It looks so good. I, it's like Seth Rogen's in it, Lily Collins, Seth, um, what's his name? The Sebastian Stan. He's hot. And he's really doing it for me as Tommy Lee, which I don't know what that says about me. But I'm very, the it's on Hulu. I can't wait. So I don't know, Hulu, if you're listening, send me the screeners because I need to see that. Uh, anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, Seth and Meredith fucking on the elevator. So yeah, I don't need to see that. And I don't think the camera people do. And then what were the logistics of the, did they change out the camera lens to do that scene where they kissed on the elevator? I mean, it was like a different, they shot it differently. So I would imagine the camera people, they did, they put on a different lens or something, right? Or is there, maybe there's like a setting on the camera. I don't know. I did graduate in, um, with a degree in video production, but I don't remember any of it. So I don't know how the cinematography worked. I'm glad they're taking chances. I'll say that. I'm glad they're showing us. They're really doing, I don't think the cinematography of these shows gets enough credit because it was beautiful. It was just, I wish they used that kind of lens somewhere else where it wasn't just like Seth and Meredith kissing. He's like, yeah, let's get it. And then we arrive at the party and there's all these photos with Seth of Seth without a blouse on. 
And then the brother is there, Seth's brother is there, and they're talking about how they came out of the same woman's vajayjay. And this was the point in the episode where I was like, I don't know if I could get through this. Well, I know get through this. <laughs> and then we got through the else, and we moved on. But the brother, a whole thing about the brother, it was like... I kind of thought they were just uncomfortable on camera, like the brother and Seth. They're not used to it, but Seth was almost trying to show off, like, I've been on camera for a while now, so I'm good at this. And so he was trying to show off to the brother. But then when we're mic'd up and we're talking about coming out of our mom's vajayjay, which I believe was a term that was coined on Grey's Anatomy, right? Vajayjay, remember? Uh, it was That was a Grey's Anatomy moment. And so Miranda Bailey made that up. And so now I'm thinking in my head, like, does Seth watch Grey's Anatomy? Like, I just, I need to know that now, which I'm not even sure why that's relevant. But the fact that he said the JJ, I know it's sort of become a cultural term, right? Everyone started using that, but it first originated on Grey's Anatomy, Dr. Miranda Bailey, which I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy last season with the COVID of it all. Couldn't handle it. Uh, but... Uh, it did, uh, it did happen on there. But when we're talking about the mom's vajay, I don't need anyone. I, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested. And then Heather, uh, Whitney arrived. When Whitney arrived, Heather, Heather said, Chic City. And I don't know why it made me laugh. It made me laugh. She's like, Chic City. Chic City. Chic City. I need to get that sound, sound bite on here. Uh, and they act like it's so weird that Meredith didn't invite Jen, but Meredith has been so upfront about the fact that she's like, I fucking hate Jen. And I know we're in a reality TV show and we do need these women all to be together. So I understand that. I get that. And I support that. However, in just human behavior, I understand also why Meredith's like, I don't fucking like that woman. And so she's told everyone, like, just don't invite me. She's pretty calm and cool and collected about it. She says, just don't invite me if you're invited, Jen. And they keep inviting her, and now she's having her own party, and the women are acting surprised that, like, she didn't invite Jen. And it's like, what are we not, what's not adding up here? It's two plus two equals four. I almost said two plus two equals two. Oops. You know, math's never been my strong suit. I just had an, I I don't know if you guys have nightmares, but I had been taking, when I take NyQuil, I get nightmares. And a few days ago, I was taking NyQuil, and I had this recurring nightmare that I've had. It's like the thing, I always either have this locker where I can't get in my locker, and then I'm going to be late to class in high school uh, nightmare, which it's like, what the fuck is that about? Like, I've not been in high school for a 100 years now, and I still have that reoccurring nightmare where I can't get in my locker. And then I have this other one where I'm trying to take a math test, but I don't have my calculator, my TI-89, what were those calculators called, where you you know, they did um, the games. You could hack it and would do the games. I can't find that calculator. I can't get it in time or it's not working. Like, I always have this calculator nightmare. Ugh, I don't know why seeing math made me think about that. But it's like, why am I still having these nightmares? I haven't been in school forever. I don't need to take a math test. So what's the problem here? Subconscious, what's the problem? Uh, anyway, we do see Mary's ignoring Jenny. There's a really awkward thing where Dewey's like, so what's up, Mary? And Mary's like, uh, the sky. Or she said something. It was some bad joke or something. Uh, it was very awkward. Brooks and Lisa almost wore the same pants. We would have been twins, Lisa says to Brooks. And I would have loved that. I mean, couldn't they have gone back? I wish that the production would have heard that and then sent Brooks away and said, go put on those pants. And then just we'll cut around it and then re-enter the party and it'll look like you wore the same pants. That's what I needed them to do. And then meanwhile, I also got to talk about that scene where Brooks was learning how to eat an oyster from a group of gays. I, uh, okay. I, I want to be, uh, okay. Let's, how do we talk about this? So Brooks learning to eat an oyster from that group of gays. 
It did remind me of the movie Birdcage, one of my all-time favorite movies. I love that movie. Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. No one better. Give them an Oscar right now. Retroactive Oscar. I mean, nothing better. But it reminded me of, you know, that scene in the Birdcage when Robin Williams is trying to teach Nathan teach Nathan Lane how to butter his toast or butter his bread at the table. And Nathan Lane keeps putting his pinky up and they're like, no, (laughs) I love that. movie. I'm going to go watch it right now. I love that movie. But when, when Robin Williams is trying to teach Nathan Lane about buttering and put the pinky down and it's so, it's one of the funniest fucking scenes of all time of anything ever. So good. But that's what I was thinking of this whole scene. And I don't know anything about these men and I'm not a oyster connoisseur either. So, uh, you know, he was learning on camera, but it was just, I, that's all I could think about was that birdcage scene. It made me laugh, made me laugh. Uh, then we got to Meredith and Mary. Now Meredith is excusing a lot of Mary's language and actions and everything, which I, I talked about in the early show, uh, Last week, I don't understand it. Mary says that Lisa is the one who told Jenny about the shoes being originally for Jen. Okay, is that making sense? It's hard with these Jen and Jennies. I remember last season when I was recapping the show, I felt like I couldn't even understand their names. All of them, I kept mixing up Meredith and Lisa. Now I finally get their names, and they got a Jen and a Jenny now. It's like, uh, what's next? Uh, anyway, Meredith explains that... She feels digs from Lisa, and so now they're really turning on Lisa in this scene. Meanwhile, Meredith's dog Teddy's running around this party, and that's what I was focused on. I know they were talking about some drama that was happening, some shoes that were returned, or I don't know, some shit like that, but I was really focused on that gorgeous dog Teddy. And I got to thank you on the last episode of Everything Iconic. I told you again how much I love pictures of animals. And you all sent me pictures of the dogs. And I didn't get to respond to everyone, but I love them. So I would love somebody to send me some pictures of this teddy, too, because I love that dog was just running around the party on the rooftop. Uh, but, yeah, that Mary and uh, Meredith are talking about Lisa and Jenny and the shoes and the digs. And I don't understand this duo. The cast then sings Happy Birthday in a lineup. Uh, to Seth. And then that's after that is when Dewey presents the Mother's Day trip. And Dewey says that Sharif was part of the team. But that's a lie. That's all lies. I saw it with my own eyes, Dewey. You're not going to trick me. He's trying to trick everyone, trying to bamboozle all of us. Oh, yeah. Sharif was part of this. I was like, I saw the golf scene. I Even though I didn't think I could get through it, but I did get through it. I got through the hills and I saw the scene with my own eyes and Sharif wasn't there. So let's stop pretending. I know we got to get Jen on the trip, but then Sharif should have had to play golf, right? They should have had a five sum at that point because don't try to lie to me. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining because I know that it's not raining. I know it's piss, right? If so, I know it's piss. Speaking of piss, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I have to talk about Carrie Bradshaw every time I hear piss now. <laughs> every time I think of the word piss now, I think of Carrie Bradshaw because she pissed the bed while Miranda was getting fingered by Jay Diaz in the kitchen. Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. The point is, I don't like Dewey. And he's trying to explain all this stuff. And it's all lies. And Meredith's pissed. Meredith's like, oh, I got to spend Mother's Day with Jen Shaw. She hates that woman. Then meanwhile, over at Jen Shaw's house, her and Coach Shaw are talking about their new house. And apparently they went to go look at one. Uh, Jen hated the new closet. There was like a house with a really small closet. And there was word art in the closet. This realtor woman was showing Jen Shaw a house. And she was saying, here's the, the primary bedroom's closet. And she shows the closet, and there was just hanging word art. Like, we're in a fucking home goods. And you know I love a home goods, so that's not shade. But there was word art hanging in the closet. Now, 
I, what does this mean? Does this mean, I, what I imagine it means is, you know how the realtors come in and they're like, we need to do the staging, right? We need to stage the house. And they make you get rid of stuff. So they, they make you get rid of like your personal items because they want potential buyers to come into the house and be able to picture it on their own and decorating themselves. So in my a fantasy of what happened, the realtor came in and was like, we got to lose all this word art. Because, you know, people who love the word art, they got too much of it. I always say you need to look around your house and you can't have too much of it. You got to curate that shit. So I imagine the realtor was like, you got to get rid of some of this stuff. And then the homeowners, the current owners, they hid some of it in the closet. And the realtor now was probably opening that closet for the very first time and seeing the word art. And I bet you that realtor was pissed and probably gave those current owners a mouthful. That's what I imagine happened. We don't know. We'll have to get an SOS on them. Maybe somebody has got a, I don't know, do we have a a line on those people? Because we need to figure it out. Because I saw word art in the closet. Anyway, she don't want to move there anyway. Uh, but in real time, her and Coach Shaw or, or Coach, um, yeah, Shaw are painting. And I, what the fuck was the painting about? He was so calm when they were painting. And then it was like they were painting word art. I didn't, what was that? It was like he wrote the word like loyalty on it or, or his was like really basic. Hers said like all these really fancy words that were describing her husband. And then he was just writing loyal. Or, or house or dog or something. He drew a picture of a dog, I think. What the fuck was all that? I, were they doing like, um, what's a vision boards or something? But then there was a dog that they already, I think, and also I think he was calling her a dog, I think, cause he said like, you're, you're loyal, like a dog. Like that, that wouldn't have flown with me. I'm sorry. Don't call me it if Matt would have drawn a picture of a dog. I mean, one time my nephew, when he was six years old, he drew a picture of me. It said, like, Uncle Danny. And I swear, I have the picture because it's so haunting. I look like fucking Cookie Monster. I just look like one big blue blob. And it was when I was feeling very vulnerable about my weight. And I definitely cried at least 15 minutes when I saw that picture from Anthony. I mean, I still have, I'll have to post a picture of the picture because he drew a picture. And he's like, oh, this is you, Uncle Danny. And, you know, you have to be sweet. It's from a little kid. But it was like a big square blue blob. And I was like, what the fuck, Anthony? I mean, I was so pissed and I had to cry, but I had to be nice to my nephew, six years old or whatever age he was at the time. And you have to just pretend like, oh, I'll frame this and savor it forever. And so I do have it framed and I do savor it, but I look at it to remind me uh, of how haunting that image was and uh, remind me of my body dysmorphia at the time. Anyway, moving on. Uh, what, what do we have to talk about here? What else is going on? Oh, so Whitney and the boob cake. Oh, Let's break down the logistics of this. So Whitney, one of the cast members on the show, she reveals that Seth's got a big thing for her cleavage, her boobies. And she's got great boobies. But it was strange how much footage they had of Seth talking about Meredith's, uh, or Whitney's boobies. Not her, not his wife's boobies. He was talking about Meredith's boobies. Not Meredith's boobies. See, I can't even, I'm getting their names mixed up again. Uh, what's wrong with my brain? My brain, I still got a little foggy brain. Uh, but so he's talking about not his wife's bubbies, his wife's friend's bubbies, and they had a lot of footage from a lot of different events. And I believe they probably had more footage because they couldn't show, the whole episode would have been about Seth talking about Whitney's bubbies. So they couldn't show it all. But then Whitney's like, oh, I know you like my bubbies. And apparently he also told his wife that he wants her to get ones like, what? That was strange to me. Anyway, we just see a whole montage of Seth calling Whitney's tits. At one point he calls them art. 
he says, oh, your tits are art. Or I don't know if he said that word, excuse my language. But anyway, Mary is confused by it. And I am justice for Mary because I I was like right there with Mary. I was like, what are we doing here? And then Seth was like licking the nipple underneath the coat. I mean, it was all, it was a lot for everyone to handle. Everyone at the party, everyone watching at home. I just think, I thought, and then there was also this one moment before they all jumped in the pool where Seth and Whitney jumped in the pool. And I was like, what's happening here? Am I getting like flirtation vibes between these two? Meanwhile, Justin, Whitney's hubby was right there watching. And I imagine him thinking, what the fuck? Although maybe he was thinking we'll do a little sister swap thing. I don't know what's going through everyone's minds. I mean, after Dewey on this show has talked about sister wives. Now that's all I can think about. And I don't want to judge. We're sex positive here. Everyone should do what they want in their marriage. Uh, I'm just saying that's the vibe I got. I did feel that. Maybe I don't know what's happening. And then also speaking of uh, complex relationship dynamics, it's also revealed that Lisa, uh, her sister, dated her husband, John. There was also a little moment where Lisa was talking to a group of men. She's like, I'm a Miami, New York girl, and I love Chicago. And I just <laughs> <laughs> Lisa was giving it to me this episode. Like they just showed little moments of her around that party, and I could have followed her around for hours just watching her on that party. It was a weird party, but I liked it. Also, did Meredith wear that blazer before the bedazzled blazer, or do all the bedazzled blazers of hers look alike to me? I don't know. What's true? Uh, it was beautiful. She looked great. Looked great. Uh, so then, Weather asks Meredith if she knew anything about Jen's arrest. And Meredith sort of talks around it. They're really trying to lean into the fact that Meredith called the Homeland Security on her. And again, maybe she did. And maybe, maybe she did. Maybe she did. That's when Seth and Whitney go jump in the pool. And then everyone else kind of, they dragged Meredith in there, but Mary didn't go in. She's like, I'm wearing fucking Alexander McQueen. I'm not getting in that pool. But also I would have been too cold. But I, there was, Lisa had her bathing suit on. So did they tell people to wear the bathing suit? What was going on? That was when I wrote in my notes, I like Seth. I don't know. When he did drag Meredith in, it looked sort of like that scene, remember, on The Real House of Orange County when Tamara got baptized? Like, for a split second, I thought, like, Seth was about to baptize Meredith. That's how I felt. Because he sort of, like, slowly dragged, drug dragged her. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Then we cut to the, they're going to Zion. That's where they're going on their cast trip. Kevin, the driver, is back, and I couldn't believe that he's back. I mean, back in that stripper bus. And I love that the producers did this. This is smart producing, and I just have to give us, give them props because brilliant, brilliant. The fact that they hired the same driver, got the same fucking stripper bus. Ah, I loved it. I loved it. He's a star too. Kevin's a star. And Jen celebrates for making it on the bus. She's like, I made it. And she's like, Kevin, drive. Like we got to, you know, I, I had to leave before. So drive, drive, drive. So we get out of the parking lot. And then, uh, she also had one of those microphones that make you sound like you're in a tunnel. You know, those microphones that, you know what I'm talking about? People bring it to parties and bachelorette parties and, I'm not in. A, I'm not a fan of those microphones. I love a microphone. Obviously, I'm talking in one to right now, but I don't like those ones that are loud and kind of obnoxious, and they sound like tunnels. Uh, Lisa arrived for this stripper bus with fast food in a bag, and I love her icon. She had some Diet Coke, I believe, and I think it was McDonald's. I couldn't tell from the bag. I thought I saw an arch. Uh, Mary and Meredith are once again not on the bus. Why aren't they on the bus? That's what everyone's wondering. Why aren't they here? Now, apparently, a new bit of information about Meredith is released, where Lisa had allegedly called Meredith the first time they were on that stripper bus, and Jen had been arrested by Homeland Security. 
she called Meredith to talk about it on the bus. And Meredith, they played the footage where Meredith sounded like she was at some memorial for her. I know she lost a parent. But then they showed that footage. And then also Meredith had been in Vail. So it was like, everyone's like, well, what was the truth here? Like, how was she in Vail, yet also at this memorial? And I, that's something for the PIs. We need to hire a private eye about that. I know Meredith hired a private eye on Jen. I need to hire an Angela Lansbury to figure that one out. Because that's some interesting shit. Uh, and she was, uh, what's the truth? What's the truth? Jen says that, Jen, though, so they talk about the PI thing. And Jen says on the bus that uh, Meredith hired a PI. And you only hire a PI if you have something to hide, which makes no sense to me. That Sometimes Jen says these things that I feel like, am I the only one who doesn't understand them? I feel like they're in... They don't make any sense to me. Why would a if why if you had something to hide? Why why would you hire PIs like that? That seemed like a reach or something. Maybe I'm, I maybe I miss things. You know, I don't understand everything. Who am I? Last year though, they thought that Jen was trying to get info on them. So they say that Jen maybe hired a PI or tried to get information on them. And then Jen snaps at Lisa and she's like, "I don't dig up dirt on people. I just oh no, that was Lisa. Lisa's I don't dig up wait." <laughs> Sometimes my Lisa turns into Samantha Jones. Now they all run together, like my Samantha Jones, my Cher, and my Lisa. Well, I know that I'll get through the Through the hills. You'll get through the hills. Uh, you'll get through this recap. Or some of you probably already turned it off. What the fuck? Anyway, uh, yeah, so Lisa says, I don't dig up dirt on people. I just don't. I just don't. I don't dig up dirt on people. I just don't. And then Lisa's voice actually changed, though, when she was fighting. Do you notice that? I was like, we're getting a different timber out of Lisa's voice, and I liked it. Jen calls them all weak as fuck for the supporting Meredith. And then Jen says that Meredith targeted her, which I don't, I don't know. And then Jen says, it's not my fault because she had a fucking affair, so now she's bringing up Meredith's affair thing. Which she brought up last season, so now we want to know more about the affair. Let's get the guy on there. I mean, I didn't know who this person she had an affair with was. Lisa is just playing the middle ground, though, because Jen is realizing that Lisa's a shit friend. But Lisa's realizing, like, oh, this is not a person I want to be friends with. And uh, Jen says that Meredith's a piece of shit. She says, yeah, she's a piece of shit. Then Lisa says that she's had Jen's back more than anyone, which we know is not true. I mean, Lisa hasn't had Jen's back at all, at all. And let's just say it. But now we said it. Now Jen's getting mad. She says, say it or I'm fucking out. And Lisa's like, I don't know what you want me to say. She says, now I'm confused. What were we saying? Like now (laughs) the fight has gotten so convoluted that Lisa doesn't even, no one knows what they're fighting about at this point. Lisa doesn't know what Jen's yelling at her for, what it's about. Jen then stands up and then uh, uh, says, I'm shutting the fuck down. Or was that Lisa? That's, somebody said, I'm shutting the fuck down. Producers got involved, though, and we got it to be continued. Then we got that loud-ass truck uh, honk. Get the honk. We got the honk. Honk, honk. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern 
living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. We'll get through the hills. And we got through the episode, you guys. That was The Real House of Salt Lake City. Next week, going to be dynamic. And I'm very excited, although I have to say to Bravo, I'm not I'm not so happy with you doing that to us. Ah, you got us again. You foiled us again, Bravo, with the to be continued, and they're giving us to be continued every week. But this this week we definitely needed it to be continued. I do support that part. I support the usage of the to be continued this week, but I don't support how they teased the episode and then they only gave us the same fucking ten seconds of the episode that they gave us in the preview. Ah, they foiled us again. Those Bravo bastards love you. Bamboozled by Bravo. Bamboozled by Bravo. Uh, anyway, that's the episode this week. The Real House of Salt Lake City. We're back in the game, baby. Now, uh, what else? New Jersey's coming up soon. We got Summer House coming. I don't, I don't know if we're going to, uh, recap Summer House. We might pop in and out. Uh, New Jersey, I believe we're going to recap. I don't know. We're going to have to see what happens this season, but we got Salt Lake City is firing on all cylinders. There's rumors that Salt Lake's going to pick up filming immediately. So now, uh, the, all the news stories that said Mary didn't show up to the reunion are saying that filming's about to start, and so I hope they're figuring out casting. I'm thinking maybe we need to get Angie back on camera. Angie, remember Angie? She seemed like a good addition, so I'm not sure uh, if we can get her back on board or what. Or maybe we just find some other crazy in Salt Lake City. I'm sure there's got to be someone. Let's figure it out. I'm sure Bravo producers are on that. I, we don't got to worry. But uh, I think Mary's shoes are going to be hard to fill. And I'm not just talking about the used one that she gave everyone in the cast. I'm talking about her actual shoes on the show. Uh, Anyway, you guys, I love you all so much for listening. Thank you. Uh, We'll be back later this week with Orange County Recap. And uh, should we do our cheesy little cool down? Anything else I got to tell you? All right, let's, let's all sit tight. Let's do some little breathing exercise. Let's all take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Did you just hear my stomach? My stomach's making growling noises. My stomach growls like an animal sometimes. I need to get something to eat. What am I going to eat today? I don't know. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Think about what you're going to eat today. And breathe out. If you have any suggestions, email me. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.